Welcome back to the Hotbox Heroes Combat Corner. You know the vibes. We're breaking down the fight that happened on Saturday. Joe Pfeiffer versus Hermanson. Now, we're going to jump into the prelims. The first fight that we have is Daniel Marcos versus Arichi Lang. Damn. That was a shame. Yeah. That ended up in a no contest. So, next time it probably will get rescheduled maybe, but... I don't think they might reschedule. Uh, but, but you know what? Before we get into that, uh, we went we went crazy on the prelims again. We're back to being uh, fucking prelim presidents. We fucking killed that shit on the prelims. Yeah, um, man. If it wasn't for some bullshit, we would have went eight and zero. I think. Yeah. I think you might have. Wait, you picked Trevin Giles? No, no, no. Yeah, no, it yeah I did. I know. Oh, I picked Jeremiah Wells. Jeremiah Wells. Oh well, That's yeah, yeah Wells. And who'd you pick in the? The um, Trevin Giles and the Prats guy. You picked Carlos Prates. Oh, you picked him. All right, all right, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we would have went crazy if it wasn't for. I think it was a bullshit decision. But um, yeah, we'll get into that a little later. But yeah, so first fight of the night. It was a good. It was a pretty good scrap, wasn't it? You think you think it was a good scrap, right? It was a good fight. You know what I'm saying? But I, yeah. my question is, are we going to see a continuation? Or not, you know, and I, I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know, cause you know they're trying to. It's obvious now they're trying to put Daniel Marcos up the ranks, right? Yeah. And he's got the skill to be there, so I don't know if he wants to, you know, rebook this fight, especially after, in my honest opinion, he was gonna win that fight. Yeah. Um, it was look, you never know, cause Richie Lang was doing work too, but it wasn't a lot. It was like in little spurts, you know. While uh, Marcos, he was, he was a. Uh, Applying constant pressure. We said that. Yeah. He did you know, a great movement job. was good. Pressure, applying it, combos. You know, he has the whole move set. The kicks. To be a beast. You know. Yeah, I like I like that they both came to an agreement. Like we're not grappling here. We're doing what we got to do. And, and it was it was a good scrap. It's a shame the way it ended. Do you think that? Listen, I don't want to judge a guy. You know, you never know what they feel down there, but. Did you think that that was that, like, impactful, that fucking, uh, it wasn't really a kick, it was a knee, I guess? I don't know, because we had another instance in this fight, too, where I didn't even think it was that impactful as well. Yeah. Um, you know, the only, the, there's a couple shots where, you know, it is impactful, but the most impactful one is that fight we saw, like, a few fight cards ago where he had to go to the I think the that was Fight right Island, after. right? Yeah. I think that was on Fight Island. Yeah, that guy got his shit smashed. That was scary. That hurt me. Yeah, the, exactly. So, you know, when you compare that to this guy, so Richie Lang's injury, it doesn't seem that, bit, that, that bad. But, you know, everybody's different. You never know how sensitive somebody might be down there. So uh, let's reserve judgment to that. But okay. good way to open the fight, honestly. I just wish it could have been a... A clean fight, you know. It looks. It seems like every card we do, there's always a no contest now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but all right, so good fight, good way to start off the prelim. Now we have the featherweight bout: Fernie Garcia versus Hyder Mill. And on this fight, I I think Garcia is going to be kicked out the UFC. I don't think there's no coming back for him, bro. Oh, for sure. This um, is four four and zero. I mean, zero and four. I would say, though, it was insane seeing how there was little spurts of fake comebacks for Garcia when he would throw, like, a wild hook or a wild uh, uh, retreating shot. But 
you know, I have faith in the mill and he was able to to seal the deal. But Garcia, man, no Fernie almost reversed him on the ground too. There was there was multiple He was trying. There. there there was there was there were spots where I was like, Oh wow, maybe Emil is looking like in a tight situation. But I would say Emil used his game plan, he used his reversal and you know, he just he he just didn't give up, you feel me? I feel like Garcia really like gave up the fight himself. I think he showed a good amount of heart, but he was just getting cracked over and over and over. I don't blame him. And and Emil, bro, I don't want to go too far with like saying guessing how far he's gonna go or anything like that. But he is a fun fight. I think he'll be a fun fight in this division. And he was he having some great leg kicks. He's just trying to scrap, bro. He's just trying to scrap. It might be it might end up bad for him because he does tend to uh to leave his chin up a little high when, <laughs> when he's in the exchanges. But goddamn, until that point, it is fun to watch. And his recovery is crazy. Yeah, and just the stamina, because we've seen in his previous fight, he went all three rounds basically at that pace. Like, he's going to be a fun fighter to watch for sure. All right. Um, like, who is... All right, bet. So, next up, we got the Zach Pulga versus Bogdan Guskov. Oh, man. Um... So, what I want to say, it was very interesting seeing how Pogba came out. He came out a little more offensive, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't think he was going to come out that offensive. So, that was kind of shocking. But uh, he was trying with swinging, trying to make something happen. But uh, Kuskov, he, he was the more patient fighter. He, he was able to stuff the takedown, like we said. And... Kuzkov, you know, he just, he found where the head was and, you know, he sealed the deal. Like, you can't leave your head just out in the air looking down, you know? Yeah, Pauga being so defensive-minded, it might have messed him up a little bit because Kuzkov, honestly, the way he leaves his head wide open with his shots, if there was a more powerful puncher in there or somebody that's more determined to counter, he might have gotten finished. But the fact is, Pauga is just trying to be defensive the whole time. Uh, he's trying to back up with the straight shots, and that allowed Guskov to really institute his game plan, which is really just a crazy kind of blitz. And it, it was looking a little scary because he was getting hit in the head. It's just he wasn't reacting, you know. Yeah. So yeah, Guskov just a little crazy. I'm a little. He's a big old orc in that division. He's gonna be interesting to watch. Uh, but we didn't really learn anything because Pauga just kind of, as soon as he really got hit, it, it just he went put down. him out. Yeah, put him out and. Uh, he didn't really put out the offense that we need to see if Guskov can handle. Like, this is kind of a great fight for him. But, but for hands him, down, fighting, though, is scary. I'm not going to lie. When yeah, I saw him yeah. just stand in striking distance with the hands down, I was like, damn. Am it's I going like to miss Yuri, on this? It kind of reminds me of Yuri Prohaska, the way he kind of leads with the head, too, when he strikes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's definitely a scary style to, to institute. Especially light heavyweight, you can't. Like, that's just a... A 50-50 chance right there. For sure, for sure. All right, now to the fight where it messed my parlay up. Welterweight bout, Max Griffin versus Jemiah Wells. Ah, yeah. This you one. know, there's two things I wanted to talk to you about with this Wells fight. Is first, you seem, I understand that, you know, everybody may have a difference in how their style is and how they adapt it in the ring, but... I just didn't like him jumping into all his strikes. Uh-huh. You know, I uh, Jeremiah like, Wells? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I think Jeremiah Wells is definitely undersized for welterweight. So I think he struggles closing the distance. So all his strikes come out that way. Like he just outside the range, he has to jump in and, and try to make something happen. And that results in a weird style because, you, as you said, like he has to keep on bouncing in and out, but he's not bouncing a traditional way. Like he's he's either fully outside of the pocket or he jumps in and he has to make something happen. And yeah. That's just the type of style that it makes for a boring fight. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. He's very strong, athletic, but uh, you saw the whole fight was basically them. It was like two Rams running at each other. It was just. Back and forth. They would just back up, come forward, back up, come forward. Yeah, well, Max Griffin was getting hit with some, like, concussive shots, man. For sure, for sure, yeah. Max Griffin, he, he, uh, his chin put on a show, for sure. Like, I was surprised he was able to hold up here. Actually, even in this fight, too, there were both moments where it could have been... It was looking scary for both sides. Yeah. But um, in the, all in all, I thought Jeremiah Wells was the one applying more pressure. And... I just thought he was instituting his game plan more, and that would that would win him the fight. But, yeah, I uh, thought exactly, but um, the only way I seen it losing it was maybe in that third round where he was up against the cage. Yeah, um, he kind of gave him the round at the end. Yeah, you know, I just wish he would able just even a reversal probably would have done the deal, but um, maybe that's what it was. Maybe the judges were looking at the, that third round really swung it for them, where they thought like that was the last thing they remember. Yeah, so, yeah. giving away the last round is the worst thing to do, in my opinion. You know, and then he was also coming in with some spinning kicks, trying to trying to do some wild things. Bro, there, that shit that he opened up with, like a spinning heel <laughs> kick to the knee, that shit was ridiculous, bro. That looked like a fucking something Mario would do. That shit was funny as hell. Like, honestly, when I saw that opening, I, like... Like, my reserves were like, damn, bro, is he going to flop? Is he about to spit in the Max Griffin, about to just KO him? Like, it was so many questions. Um, But, yeah, even in the highlight reel from Max Griffin when he was talking to DC, bro, it showed Jeremiah Wells, like, piecing Max Griffin. So, I just don't <laughs> understand that. But, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. Either way, it was just a so-so fight. Yeah, uh, now to a fight that was a little more crazier than I thought it would have been is another light heavyweight bout, Devin Clark versus uh, Martian Prochino. Prochino, yeah, yeah, yeah. Prochino. Man, oh, wait, 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 fuck. I, we went, I went 6-2, and two. damn. I felt like I won because my Polish brother won. This is my fault, honestly. How could I ever, how could I ever pick against, that's my fault. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. That was a good fight, bro. Prochino the leg kicks were crazy. Yeah, and Prochino showed some improvements for sure. Like, his cardio held out till The last, halfway, last round. Yeah, halfway through the last round, he started getting. But you got to think, the way he's throwing, he's not throwing any, like, light strikes. He's throwing all heavy. So, and he's um, mixing it up with leg kicks to the head, body, leg. You know, it was nonstop action here. Yeah. Even here, crazy. bro, Devin Clark was still trying to... Uh, when he was touching, he was touching with some heavy shots as well. Yeah, every shot you could hear, you could hear it. Like damn. Yeah, facts. All the yeah, the the cage then, sounds for the whole prelim and main card were just wild. Devin Clark had a crazy welt on his leg, right? Uh, let me see if was I wrote that it Devin down. Clark or somebody else? Somebody had right. a welt. I think it might have been someone had welt. a sick ass welt on their shit. Yeah, and and he had to really start in switching his stance a lot. So. 
Yeah, Prochino just kept it, 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 he had his perfect game plan and it went exactly how he want how he how he wanted it to go, you know. Yeah, uh, it was from the calf kicks he got the well. Yeah. Yeah, he managed to keep Trevin uh, not Trevin Giles. Um Devin Clark away from him. Every time they got close, he he did his damage and skirted out the way and he really negated a lot of the ground game as well. So all props for Prochino. Honestly, he can be a tough puzzle to solve in this division. It just all depends on the cardio because we saw in that third round, it did start getting a little hectic for him. That's when it was worrisome. I like, I was kind of like, no way. Is he about to just lose because he's just tired? Um, yeah. But he was able to hold out, thank God. He could definitely use some uh, – I didn't know him and uh, Wonder Boy for, from the same style of karate, right? Kyoshi. Nah. Oh yeah, yeah, Kyo Kushinkai Karate, yeah. Yeah, they're both do, they both do that. So, um, I think he could definitely take some props from Wonder Boy, and because Wonder Boy doesn't just throw power the whole time. If Prochino could, you know, take some time, some some energy back within the fight by throwing some lighter strikes, I think he could definitely cause more problems in uh, in the division. Yeah, man. Uh, I was like that that fight. It was a very active and. Uh, a happy fight. Best way I could say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, shout out Prochino. Now, now to the women's strawweight bout: Lomo Lukbumi versus Bruno Brazil. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, Bruno Brazil. I don't know how she got this far in the decision, bro. Yeah, that shit was trash. Yo, when um, I first witnessed this fight, the size discrepancy is insane. <laughs> and listen. Just for the amount of talent that Luma Lugumi has, bro, I feel like they should open a, what is it, Adam Weight, the one before Straw Weight? Maybe. They should open, they should open an even smaller division because I, Luma Lugumi has to be in the UFC. I want to see her succeed. And if Bruno Brazil is fucking, you know, David and Goliath in you at this level of the, of the weight class, you're not, it's going to be very hard to have success against some of these bigger stronger girls yeah and that that was worrying i was like the one thing i would say is i think at the end of the fight because bruno brazil i think her like total striking uh significant strikes were like maybe 50 Uh uh-huh and in a three-round fight you only threw maybe 50 significant strikes is is insane Um, yeah she was very uh patient made like too patient uh, not even countering, really. Um, and the scorecards, it was 29-28, but I, th- I think it should have been more drastic. It should have been like 29-26, if anything. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. Uh, I thought Bruno Brazil never, like, I, did she even have a moment in this fight? Like her, not at her all. Her best moments was trying to clinch up on the cage. And, when you're uh, clenching with Lugumi and her, her, every time in the clinch, bro, the elbows were coming out and they were hitting. Yeah, and Lugumi was uh, throwing her. She was tossing her off the off the clinch too. And she was catching Brazil's leg kicks every time. Yeah, so I mean, you know, I could say for the low amount of significant strikes, maybe Lugumi just has that type of presence where the, these girls are scared to to interact. But I mean, I don't blame them. The size discrepancy for sure just makes me nervous for Lugumi in the future. But otherwise, she did what she had to do. She kept. Bruno Brazil at a distance, uh, but close enough for her to land her kicks. And when they got into the clinching range, she kind of shucked her off, 
would do her work and and she just won the fight. She did what she had to do, you know? Yeah, man. Uh, that was a great fight to watch. Okay. Lightweight bout. Balaji Oki versus Timothy Kumba. Kwambo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I thought o- Oki probably would have been uh like him winning the fight would have been more uh solidified. But shout out to me. He came and he tried, man. He tried. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was a scrap the entire time. He tried. Both cardio heavy during this fight. Both movement heavy. And they also, like, anytime one was in a advantageous position, the other one tried to reverse it or get out of it. Which I gotta respect. And Kwamba, uh, he's coming from 145, right? Yeah, he came up a weight class. So, yeah, all props to him because he did put on a good fight. And Oki never really felt, uh, it seemed like he never felt like he could actually, like, just out-muscle him or out, like, like out-strength him, you know? Uh, yeah. It always seemed like he never thought that he could just pull, pull the trigger and, and beat him, like, uh, like finish him. So that's that's a good sign for, for uh, Kwamba because that this that the difference between 145 and 155 is, is vast, you know? Yeah. Uh, we've only seen a couple guys do it successfully. Um, and, yeah, I think I think he really made a showing for himself. Especially on uh, on late notice too. Yeah, I don't I don't see that as like really a loss to his to his record, but like if anything, this this kind of opens Dana's eyes and being like, all right, we have somebody here that could play a factor in the game. Yeah. Um. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Nothing really much to say. It was just back and forth, and it was just a great fight. Mm-hmm. Now to the welterweight bout: uh, Trevin Giles versus Carlos Prates. Man, I was surprised too. Trevor Giles kind of came in with the gas opening. Um, oh yeah, he, he had a great game plan and he was instituting it very well. But then he just got uh, caught. Yeah, we definitely. I thought Prox had more to his game than what he showed us in his last fight, but it seems like that's all he has. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's still something dangerous, you know. That's how he got here. Is that he he probably does the same thing every time and it works. And we saw Trevin Giles let his guard down for a moment. And it was over. It was definitely had some off. some sick reach. Some sick reach. Because you could tell that was really at the end of the arm. That was really off the end of the arm. He didn't really punch through the strike too much. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. That like, was just like it was just right, right off the face. And it just put him out. So yeah. Man, I even put him out, bro. Guy was like powered down, like all the way. Yeah, bro. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, so and, even yeah. with Trevor Giles, I don't know who they gonna have him fight next. But Carlos Prates, if he if he adds more stuff to his game, he could be very serious in this division. To him, because the way he was fighting that fight was astoundingly mm. good. Like keeping the teep kick to the to the knee the entire time to prevent the Prots from really doing that flying knee stuff, uh, hand fighting the entire time so he couldn't set up his offense. It was really good to see. And uh, if anyone needs a fucking lesson on what you do against a taller fighter with that range, uh, uh, explosive one as well, that, that that's a really good example of what to do. Obviously, don't let your guard down at the very end, but uh, 
the game plan up to that point was spot on. Very good. Yeah. All right, so now to the main event of the card. Um, middleweight bout, we got Rodolfo Vieira versus Armin Pritchard-Sian. Man. I was so disappointed, bro. I was like, how do you... How do you allow it to happen again for Armin, you know? Yo, we got railed on the main car. I don't know about you, but I got... Yeah, I know. I got... I got it was over, bro. Like, from the first fight, it was over. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, well, Vieira really just got... Was it a single leg? He just did a single leg, stuffed into the ground, and from there, it was just over, basically. Yeah, literally. Nah. And, yeah. like, I don't know. I felt like after the fight, his cardio was almost out, too. Um... So, you know, I guess shout out. Yeah, so shout out just getting that win, you know. I don't know how he did it. Armin, bro, like, I had you in this fight. The striking should have been there. You should have been keeping him at bay, but you folded, and this is the second time where your ground game is is, is a hole, leaving you open to get submitted. So you got to fix that, bro. You got to. God, the way he did it too was just so simple, like such basic jujitsu. Like, Jesus and it was Christ. so calm. He was just easily going to every other movement. He got the back so simply, bro. It was. Rodolfo Vieira is a high, highly capable black belt, but the really the takedown is what really threw me off. Like in the center of the cage, you just let this man take your leg and turn the corner immediately. Like it was just fucked. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. Now we got lightweight bout Michael Johnson versus Darius Flowers. Um, yeah. Shout out Michael Johnson for being a vet. Real talk. Yep, he did what he had to do. He did it. Every every round, I'll probably give it to Michael Johnson here. Um, Flowers just looked like he wasn't ex- he was accepting the position. That's what it looked like. Um, yeah. I didn't see any anything. No moving forward. Even on the ground, he was just accepting being on the ground and let Michael Johnson, whatever his game plan was, to execute it. Yeah, what we've seen on this card is a lot of these fighters are just so used to being the hammer, they don't know how to be the nail. You know what I'm saying? Like they, yeah. uh, they like especially Flowers. He's a highly offensive fighter. Uh, he doesn't mind going to the wrestling. He doesn't mind doing these things. But when it's done upon him, he just. He didn't have anything for Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson is a freaking striker, you know? Yeah. He's been in the game for mad long, so of course he's going to know how to grapple, but he was able to just keep him down every single round, get a takedown, take him down, and, and, and hold him there. And good for him, you know? I don't know what his uh, contract is on right now or whatever, but that's a win, so it's most likely going to be able to keep him in the UFC now because he got this win. And, uh, yeah. All right, cool, too. cool. So shout out Michael Johnson. Now it's a middleweight bout. Brad Tavares versus Gregory Rodriguez. Um, You know, as we said, Gregory Rodriguez, you know, he's a dangerous man. Brad Tavares, you know, also, he, he tried. I must say, all the fighters that were we opposed, they did try. Yeah. Tavares actually had some moments in this fight that I, that I was a little nervous for Rodriguez. Mm. Like, that first round when Rodriguez, like, he... One of the first exchanges that he actually landed, he tried to like pressure him on the fence and keep keep uh, landing. And I'm pretty sure Rodriguez hit him. Not Rodriguez. Um, Tavares. Tavares hit him with the with the counter. I don't know if it was a hook or a cross, 
but he hit him, and you saw Gregory uh, stumble for a second. I thought, yeah. it I thought that's, that might have happened later on in the fight. But uh, He shook that off. Yeah, Rodriguez is a fucking tank of a guy, and he just – he doesn't care that he got knocked out in his last fight. He's just going to keep playing, doing his game plan. You know, as it should be, you can't let your past fight come into what's really happening right now. True, true. And and he worked the grappling in pretty well. Proud Tavares is a really hard guy to take down. Uh, he managed to take him down and hold him on the fence successfully for, for a while. And then as soon as they broke apart, he would just try and... Nasty KO. And yeah, and then, the th- oh my God, that KO in the third round was sick. Nasty, was bro. Sick. And he was putting the pedal to the metal there, too. Gregory was, like, second. Maybe he didn't win. Maybe he did. And he was like, nah, he has to go into the finish. He couldn't just accept that third round as a decision. Yo, yeah. And that finishing sequence was sickening. Because it was just him fucking throwing that right hook on the fence. Like, the the fight could have been stopped already. But he had his head basically... I think he was holding his head with his left hand. Was that in my Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. He was holding he was it, making holding sure he had his aim his correct. He was holding his the uh, Tavares' head with his left hand like a fucking coconut and smashing him with his right hand. Just started teeing off, damn. bro. It was fucked up. It was fucked oh. up. Because Tavares has a chin, and he made sure to break that shit. Um, yeah, crazy finish. That was amazing. Not gonna lie. I don't know how the bonuses went out, but they, he needed a bonus for that. Nah, they didn't even give him a bonus. They gave a bonus uh, to uh, to Bogdan Guskov, and they gave a bonus to uh, Carlos Prates. Okay. And they even That's gave it? one to Rodolfo Vieira. Vieira, what the fuck? Oh yeah, for submissions, I think it's I think it's kind of easy to get a bonus for submissions. You know, most I mean, submission guys, I think they they get a bonus. Interesting. I never, I never like put put that together. But maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Wait, you're telling me what's his name didn't get a bonus in the the co-main? Nah, Dan Ige got that bonus. He got performance oh, right there. All right, bad, 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 bad. All right, next, next fight. What we got now on the um, card next? Robert Bershchek versus Ihor Patier. Oh man. Oh um, man. Oh. This one was kind of like I don't know how to say this, bro. Because in the first. 30 seconds, it was going um, Robert's way all the way, bro. And then yeah. we saw the eye poke, which is, I understand, okay? Like, it was shit happens. Back-to-back back, back offenses from both of them. But how did you feel about the cup shot? Um, I mean, all, all of it was accidental, so I don't have anything against either fighter. It was all accidental. Um, the commentators kept on trying to say like, oh, it's all about the rhythm of the fight. And I'm sure that has something to do with it. But in reality, you know, I'd like to hate on Ihor, but he had a great game plan. He, uh, he looked like the more diverse fighter here in the, in the cage. Rishek, I, I hope he can make some improvements in his game. But we saw the exact same thing being thrown over and over and over. Yeah. And, uh, any fighter worth their salt is going to start reading that and countering. And that's exactly what Ihor did. He just... And Ihor, I admit, he moved down to middleweight now, and his chin is actually doing a lot better. So I guess it's holding up. Yeah, the power differential at middleweight is really helping him out because he took some clean ass shots, and he didn't even he didn't look like he got too rocked. So uh, and I think it was the third or maybe the second. I can't remember which round, but um, they were both trading shots. Ihor got a little shaken, and then he traded. I think it was a hook, and Robert almost went down. 
Yeah. He and you know what I really like? Down, bro. What technique I like from Ihor in this fight was that fake shoot for the leg with the uppercut. He hit it a couple times. Mm. Remember what I'm talking about? He would. It's either he would try. It's either he would pretend to clinch, or he would just grab at the leg, and go right into an uppercut off of it. It was very nice to see. Yeah, man. But yeah, um... Rishek has the chin. He obviously has some power and some speed in his hands, but he's gonna have to vary it up at this level to to really be successful. But that recovery of going down and just going straight into a grappling sequence was insane to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I gotta give Robert props for that. I haven't seen no fighter go down and still just keep fighting. So, I respect. Yeah, he's definitely a tough guy, but uh, he's gonna have to work on it for sure. Yeah. All right, now to Coleman. Dan Ige versus Andre Philly. Jesus Christ. I thought no. I'd take a flyer on Philly. Oh, my God. Yeah, man. I, I wanted him to win, too. I thought it was looking like, you know, it could have been something. But, you know, next time I'm just going to go Dan Ige all the way from the jump. Um, Dan Ige, man. I think he has a solution. He said in his post-fight. He yeah. got his wife pregnant. And, and that's, listen, if that's what it takes. For me, so, you know, he got that knockout. He got that knockout in the second minute. And 43 seconds in that fight, bro. Yeah. I, and listen, I respect I'm sure it. It was clean. He timed it very well. Timed the jab. Was it a jab or a cross? I think it was a jab. Timed it was the a jab cross. Overhand. It was a oh, cross. yeah, yeah. It was... No, from Philly. From Philly. Philly, I think, maybe. Whatever, Philly threw a straight. Philly threw a straight shot. He timed right over it and hit him with a, with a overhand. Put him out. And that extra shot, Jesus Christ. What I the mean, hell was Herzog looking at, bro? That's why he did the extra shot, because he didn't know if the ref was going to stop it there or not. Yeah, yeah, that's fucked, man. Um, it's not Dan Ige's fault. He, it's on the ref. You're supposed to stop the fight. Um, yeah, man, especially, like, as soon like as soon as he connected, bro, we saw Philly just drop. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm sure Andre's going to win his next fucking fight. He's going to fight someone lower down the ranking, and he's going to win that fight. But I guess I know, but it's, it, I think this might be my last time, man. I think I can't. <laughs> yeah, it's my last time, too. When it's a fight to get into the rankings, I just can't give it to him anymore, bro. I just can't do it. And especially now, he, this is two knockouts within the span of, like, what, two years, I guess? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's looking rough now. It's looking rough. Um. Yeah, t- yeah, I don't know if Philly is really ever going to come back in any type of ranking mentality, but... You know, I'm still optimistic, but if it's Dan Ige holding the gatekeeping, I got Dan Ige. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm praying for Philly's success. Uh, all these fighters, I hope they're successful in their in their careers and their lives, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say. All right. Now to the main event of the card, Jack Hermanson versus Joe Pfeiffer. Guys, well, just quick disclosure. I want to apologize to all you guys. You know what? I think we both kind of fell for the hype here. And um, I'm not saying Joe Pfeiffer's washed or anything. It's just there were things, there were aspects of this fight that we could have predicted. And I'm sorry, I, I, I phoned it in. I phoned it yeah. in. I should have let you guys know a couple of things. I should have, because now hindsight's 2020. I'm going to say what I'm going to have to say. And you guys are going to be like, yeah, of course you're going to say it now. Well, these are things I saw. I didn't believe in it, but I saw these things. But whatever. it is what it is, right? Listen. You know, I also felt for the hype, man. I thought Pfeiffer was going to do something, really do something here. Um, 
he was just to me it was more so of like how we saw Jack Hermanson keep on the pressure, not just throwing a one two shot. He was throwing the combos. He was being more movement forward, um trying to start all the sequences. And Pfeiffer, it just seemed like he was accepting it, man. Yeah, the first two rounds, he was pretty offensive, and that, that really helped keep Jack Hermanson at bay. But um, but Hermanson just kept with the pressure, and I think this has... Hermanson, even from this fight, I'm I'm not seeing him improve at this point. Yeah, I don't see him moving up in the division. I'm just seeing him stay here as the gatekeeper, but um, he just had the right game plan, bro, and he stuck to his game plan. He's a tricky fighter on any night, and the thing is, uh, Joe Pfeiffer, okay, we could see, we could have seen this in his last fight against Al Hassan, I think it was his name, Yeah, uh, Joe Pfeiffer's last fight. First of all, he was throwing, he was getting the takedowns with extreme power. Uh, he's throwing shots with everything behind them. I'm talking about Joe Piper. And uh, the one part of that fight that he was losing was the calf kicks. Mm-hmm. The calf kicks were doing their work on that first fight. His leg was getting chewed up. And the thing is, I saw that and I thought, listen, Al Hassan is a very powerful guy. It might just be that. Like the, the power of his leg kick is probably what's doing this to Piper. Yeah, he's well, a ten. We see with Jack Hermanson, even with his pitter patter, uh, light low kicks, he was he was doing work because he was just landing it the entire fight. From the very beginning, he was landing that stuff. And honestly, Joe Pfeiffer started reacting to that stuff very early in the fight as well. So yeah. Joe Pfeiffer, that leg kick defense has to get better. He's and another thing, Joe Pfeiffer. When we really look at his career inside the cage. Other than injuries, right? He hmm. has not been. T- he has not had any trouble in his career. Like other than yeah. injuries, which he had to deal with. Obviously, that's a tough thing to do. But in the cage, he's always the hammer. He comes in. He throws those those one twos. They're very fast, very strong. But after that, what is there to do? You know, he wasn't mixing it up. Exactly. It was just that one two. Take advantage of that. I I think he should have comboed up especially when he was able to move the pressure and have Hermanson back up. Those were specific times where I think, obviously, you know, Hermanson's been in here a long time, so I think his vet performance came in and he knew when to apply more pressure and when to back off. And I think Pfeiffer just wasn't able to realize that or when he was in that position, he was just accepting, this is all I could do. Um and I still think it was more like mentality that folded for him here. Um, but is he is he going to come back? I would like to see it come back, but I don't know. We see the holes now, and is he going to improve on those holes? It's, it's questionable, especially from that camp, man. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know anymore. Um, he has He's still a very big middleweight. He still has good power. And we've seen that he has some grappling to him too, but it's just something he's he's definitely gonna have to work on his form of mixing it up, like the way he mix up his, the basically his style of fighting is gonna have to change a little bit. Uh, he's gonna have to try and stop throwing just straight power shots, because at this point people know exactly we're gonna throw, and they know you're gonna throw it 100%. And they could time it. 
Uh, the leg kick defense for sure has got to get uh, better. And, um, and yeah, and on, on Jack Hermanson's side, he did – he honestly did – I think the best Jack Hermanson we've ever seen is against uh, – against Curtis? Curtis? Against Curtis. I always bring yeah. that up. The Chris Curtis fight was amazing because he really mixed up his funkiness really well. Like, he has that – certain fighters I really think should look into guys like Hermanson – Aljamain Sterling, like these guys, there's a reason that Aljamain Sterling calls himself the Funk Master. He, he fucking fights weird on the feet, especially. <laughs> yeah. He's got, he's got the jujitsu and the and the wrestling, and he you that's proper, you know, that's what you that's a technique you would see from a grappler, right? It makes sense. But on the feet, he mixes it up. He does. He's not trying to be a kickboxer. He's not trying to be a boxer. He's doing what works for him to get hit to his good aspects of the game. And if Jack Hermanson were to do that a little bit more, he mentioned the jab a little bit. I think, of course, the, j- the jabs are good for everybody. You can work on that. Yeah. What Hermanson needs to work on more is the lateral movement, not shelling up as much, and and just working that weird shit, like the little weird flying knees, the teeth. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that knee. When he had Pfeiffer in a headlock, um, mm-hmm. and he literally, when Pfeiffer was holding for that single leg, he was trying to do a single leg. And... Hermanson just literally just hit him with the other knee. Um, yeah. That was an insane move, to be honest. I was not looking to see that happen, and it happened, and I was like, wow. Yeah, and Hermanson's the one that turned Joe Pfeiffer into trying to be the grappler. Like, we, we looked at the takedown stats. Hermanson went one for two in this whole fight. By the end of the fifth round, I think, Joe Pfeiffer was like 0 for 6, 0 for 7. Yeah, bro, and it was nasty work trying to get those takedowns. It wasn't no technique, no nothing. It was just out of just pure. He needed that, and it just wasn't happening. Yeah, and so Hermanson, great vet performance, and just a weird vet performance as well. Um, hopefully, he could keep this going. He said he wanted to do two fights this year. Maybe we could see him try to, you know, actually chain his style up together. Because I'm not saying he could be champ, but this style could give people problem at middleweight problems at middleweight. For sure. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Oh, Hermanson, great job, man. Uh, you were counted out and you sealed the deal. Absolutely. So, guys, thank you for tuning in. Uh, next week is 298, Volt versus Taporo. Uh, tune in Thursday for our thoughts and everything like that. Anything else you got to say? No, I just want to, you know, apologize to people listening. Like, I'm sorry I counted Hermanson now. I should have given you guys both sides of the tape here. Yeah. And we didn't. We didn't. So I'm going to try my best on the next card. And that one should definitely be a banger. All right. So thank you for tuning in. Shout out Split with the Fan Productions, Larry Locksmith, and my beautiful co-host Bruno. Job bless and be great.